Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is February the 11th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. I hope this day finds you and your family well. It's a little cool out here in Louisiana, and it's kind of gloomy. But in any event, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it anyway. And I hope you feel the same because God is worthy to be praised every day. He is a good God and he is good all the time. Now, this is episode 10. It is the final episode of a faith that surpasses all understanding. And I have to be careful with this one because some of the scriptures I'm going to share, I need you to understand. Unfortunately, there are a lot of my listeners that are not born again. They are still on the fence about Jesus. Um, how they can still be on the fence about Jesus after hearing all of these scriptures is beyond me. And my opinion is, is because they are listening to religion, other religions. Satan has confused them and tricked them into believing that God accepts religion. When in fact, God speaks against religion from the beginning of the uh, Old Testament, which is in Genesis, all the way to Revelation, which is the end times. And Jesus is the savior from religion. Hallelujah. And I hope after this episode, uh, some of you will be convinced in your heart so that God can lead you to Christ. I can't lead you to Jesus. Only God can do that. With that said, this is episode 10. I know at the end of the last episode, I said it was either episode eight or nine. So everyone who listened last week know today that that was episode number nine. <laughs> uh, look, I am a busy woman. Yes, I am. But I always find time for God's word. So let's get this truth on the road. I want you to trot on over there to Luke. The gospel according to Luke chapter 17. And you guys know the routine. You can put the tape on pause, look for the scriptures. And when you return, we will be on the same place. And I am reading from the New King James Bible. And for those of you who don't know, I traditionally and regularly read and teach from the New King James Bible. Now, if I switch, I will let you know, unless I say I switched. To another version, I am continually reading from the New King James Bible. Now, Luke chapter 17, and I will be reading verse 11. Now, it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. 
Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Verse 13 says, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Back then, that was a cry out for healing. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. A cry out for healing. Verse 14 says, so when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, right here in verse 14, it says, Jesus saw them and he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't say you are healed. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, back in the biblical days, the laws of Moses, the Mosaic covenant, back in Leviticus chapter 13, you go show yourself to the priest when you had leprosy. Leprosy is a skin disease, a horrible skin disease, and people who had it could not be amongst the general public. So when you go show yourselves to the priest, you go so that they can examine your boils and your sores or wounds and determine you healed. They don't do the healing. God does. It was the priest's responsibility to determine whether or not you had been healed. So when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, they were already healed. He healed them without laying his hands on them. He healed them without saying a word. He healed them by thinking you healed. Now, verse 15 says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he was healed before he even went to the priest. He returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Verse 16 says, and fell down on his face at his feet, Jesus's feet, giving him thanks. Now, remember, 15 says he, he with a loud voice, he glorified God. He gave Jesus thanks because if you seen Jesus, you seen God. Jesus said, I and my father are one. The gospel according to John says that in the beginning was the word. That's Logos, uh, God in eternity. And the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Jesus was God in the flesh. Okay. So through here, remember I told you at the beginning of this episode that I, I had to be careful what I say because people need to understand who Jesus is, not was, is today. 16 says, and he fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Why is the Bible mentioning this? Because Samaritans were ancient uh, Israelites, and they practiced um, the Abrahamic covenant, not the, uh, the Mosaic covenant. They, they did, and they were enemies of the Jews. But remember, they were ancient Israelites. Uh-huh. They were part of the family, but they, the, it, the, the Israelites and the Samaritans had beef all along because of their religious beliefs. See, religion is a barrier between man and God. And you guys need to know that religion is a barrier between man and God. 
And Jesus didn't mind that they were Samaritan. He had, you know, um, included them with Gentiles, you know, being non-Jews. So it right here also tells you that it didn't matter to Jesus who you were. If you believed in him, not only were you healed, but you were also saved. The Samaritans were considered to be Gentiles, non-Jews. So let's continue so that I can confirm what I say in scripture. Verse 17 says, so Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Cause see, only one came back to thank God. Remember Hezekiah in episode nine last week. And I told you, or either that was episode eight. And I told you that Hezekiah, when the Babylonians came to see him and give him gifts because they heard he had been sick and heard he had been healed Hezekiah never ever praised God to them and, and, and shared his God, the true and living God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created the atmosphere, the God who created everything on the earth. Hezekiah talked about all of his great riches. So right here, excuse me, why is Jesus saying, where are the nine? One man came back. This was a Samaritan to thank Jesus for healing him, for praising Jesus for his cleansing. Verse 18 says, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Right here, Jesus is letting us know this was a non-Jew. This was a non-Jew. But listen, verse 19 says, and he said to him, who? Jesus said to the Samaritan, the foreigner, the non-Jew, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Hallelujah. Let that sink in. Your faith has made you well. How many scriptures have I shown to you thus far that tells you it's your faith that heals you? Not if it's God's will. We already know it's God's will. We already know that Jesus healed everyone who came to him. So what is this if it's God's will thing? I suggest that you stay away from those people because they'll pray you into the grave before your time. We know that God extended Hezekiah's life when he told Isaiah the prophet to go and tell um, Hezekiah to get his house in order because he was getting ready to die. Hezekiah wept. He turned his face to the wall and he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard him and told Isaiah, go and tell uh, Hezekiah that he was going to extend his days 15 years. So look, it is your faith. Let's read verse 19 again. It is your faith that makes you well. Let that sink in. It depends on what you believe, saints. If you don't believe in healing, your healing is not coming. It doesn't matter who's praying for you. If you are rejecting the healing because of your faith, because you are walking by what you see instead of what God's word says, Don't expect to be healed. Remember, we talked about James. James said, a man with a wavering faith, let not that man uh, suppose that he should receive anything from the Lord. So you guys, you, you have everything to gain by believing and trusting God. Everything to gain and nothing to lose. All you have to do is trust and believe God. These Samaritans, they were non-Jews, considered to be uh, people that were not of God. The Jews had the true and living God and kept turning their backs on God. And Jesus said, wait a minute. 
Jesus said to this man, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now this word well here means several things. It means it has made you well in terms of healing. And it also confirms that you are saved. You believe on Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved, period. So he came back because he believed wholeheartedly in Jesus. What about the nine? The nine never returned to thank God and praise God for their healing. They went on their merry way. So they may have been healed, but they're not saved. Uh Uh-oh, I touched on something there. They may have been healed, but they are not saved. That's a whole nother teaching. Now, I want you to trot on over to Luke chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Luke chapter 13. And we are going to look, you can pause the tape. When you find chapter 13, then I will begin reading at verse 10. But once you find Luke 13, hit play and we will be on the same page. All right. And I am reading. Now he, talking about Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could not in no way raise herself up. Can you imagine that? Verse 12 says, but when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Now, right here, they, she didn't call out to Jesus. She didn't say, have mercy on me, Lord. The Bible says when Jesus saw her, he saw this woman. So he knew her heart. He called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And 13 says, And he laid his hands on her. Here you go. He said, you are loose from your infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. Where is the thanks and the praise to our Lord when he heals you, when he delivers you out of your troubles? Where, where is the glory That's what I want to ask the listeners today. Do you praise the Lord when your rent is paid, when your car note is paid, when your refrigerator is full of food, when your lights are on, when you have a phone to use in case of emergency, when you have gas to put in your car, when you have a job to go to, when there are people who are still looking for work? Where is the glory? Where? My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Verse 13 again says, and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. Verse 14 says, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Right here is where religion separates you from God. The ruler of the synagogue was a religious man. He didn't know who Jesus was. That's how ignorant he was of the Old Testament scriptures. 
He didn't know that it was the Messiah right there. Jesus is the Sabbath day. Hallelujah. Let me read 14 again before we move on. Look, I'm passionate about these scriptures because I know they are truth. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He was angry because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to be uh, in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Number two, he wasn't concerned about that woman's health. He could care less that that woman was bent over for 18 years. Verse 15 says, and the Lord then answered him and said, let's listen to Jesus. Put this religious leader in check. He says, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass, depending on which version of the Bible you have, or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? Verse 16 says, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, my Lord, whom Satan has bound, not God, whom Satan bound with this sickness or this infirmity. Think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And verse 17 says, and when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by Jesus. What Bible are you reading when you don't know who Jesus is? My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now let's trot on over there to Matthew uh, chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, and I will be reading verses 1 through 8. Uh, you guys know the, know the rules. Pause the tape. And when you find it, come back. We'll be on the same page after you hit play. I am in Matthew chapter 10, verse uh, 1. This is still the New King James Version of the Bible. And when Jesus had called his 12 disciples, I want you to zero in that he's using the word disciples right here. To him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast out, to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Verse two says, now the names of the 12 apostles. Now we're going from disciples to apostles after he gave them the power to do all these miracles or perform all of these miracles they became apostles are these first Simon who is called Peter and Andrew his brother James the son of Zebedee and John his brother Philip and Bartholomew Thomas and Matthew the tax collector James the son of Alphaeus and Labaius whose surname was Thaddeus Simon, the Canaanite, a black apostle, yes, who comes from the lineage of Ham, Noah's black son. Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed Jesus. Verse 5 says, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of Samaritans. See those uh, where the Gentiles were, the ancient Israelites, they were beefing with the Jews. Right now, he was sending the apostles out to heal 
and seek and save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Number six says, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Number eight says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, people with these, this bad skin disease, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. See, the gift is free. The gift to heal was free. So freely you give. My Lord, hallelujah. So right here, because of religion, we have some religious people in these denominations. I'm not going to call them out right now because y'all know I'm bold enough to do it. But right now, it ain't necessary. That say all the miracles stopped when the last apostle died. When Jesus said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received and freely you give. Now remember, verse one of chapter 10 says, and when he had called his 12 disciples to, to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Now, so religion says that Jesus only gave that power to his apostles. And when the last apostle died, the miracles died with them. That's a lie. That's a lie. Are you in Acts chapter two? And I will be reading beginning at verse 32. And when I stop, I'll stop because it's religion that separates people from God. Man wants the power. So he want, he says things that sounds rational to people. And so to the human mind, they don't believe in, you know, you lay hands on somebody and they can heal from cancer, from leprosy, mm -mm, not the human mind. But what if you had a spiritual God-like mind, the mind of Christ? It's, it's normal to you. It's normal to me for somebody to be healed. If, if you speak a word over them, a word of healing, uh, that is led by faith. Hmm. And are you in Acts chapter two? Well, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, beginning at verse 32. God raised this Jesus. This is Peter speaking, the apostle Peter, after Jesus had ascended on high. God raised this Jesus bodily from the dead. And of that fact, we are all witnesses. Peter is saying, we saw him after the resurrection. We are all witnesses to this. Verse 33 says, therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, who Jesus having been exalted to the right hand of God, that's his exalted position. He's seated at the right hand of God. That's why we serve a living God, not a dead God. This is what separates Jesus from religion. Okay. And having received from the father, the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this blessing, which you both see and hear. They witnessed the apostles healing, raising the dead and uh, cleansing the lepers. Okay. Verse 34 says, so pay close attention to 34 for David talking about King David did not ascend into heaven. King David was a regular man. He was not divine. He did not ascend into heaven. He actually died. He did not resurrect. Yet he himself, David himself said in Psalms 110, 1, 
The Lord, the Father God, said to my Lord, the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now, King David was also a prophet for those of you who don't know. He often spoke in Psalms about future events. And so what Peter is saying, this Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of many of the prophets of old, including King David. Uh-huh. So wait, the Holy Spirit is what that comes from Christ and it's a free gift. I'm not finished. When I say I'm going to back up what I say in scripture, follow me. Verse 36 says, therefore, let all the house of Israel recognize beyond all doubt that God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ, meaning Messiah, the anointed one, this Jesus whom you crucified. Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart with remorse and anxiety. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what are we to do? Verse 38 says, and Peter said to them, repent, which means change your old way of thinking. You need to change your mind, turn from, from your sinful ways, accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah. That's what you need to do to be saved, period. And be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ because of the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hold up. I'm not finished. Verse 39 says, for the promise, what promise? The promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are far away, including the Gentiles as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. Now I have one question for you. Is God still calling people to Jesus today? So that means the gift of the Holy Spirit is for us as well. It's a difference. Let me clarify something. I, uh, some of you were uh, confused last week when I talked about being sealed with the Holy Spirit versus being filled. There is a difference. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is not being sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're talking about two different things here. What Peter is saying here, being filled is where that power comes from. That's how you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Coupled with faith, of course. The Holy Spirit is a free gift. Uh-huh. Being sealed with the Holy Spirit is when you accept Christ as Lord and Savior from your heart. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's at that point, the seal of the Holy Spirit, that's a stamp, is stamped and placed in your heart. And you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And that seal cannot be broken by man. And it cannot be broken by you. That's the, the Holy Spirit that convicts your heart when you do wrong. See, if you're out there sinning and hurting people and, and constantly practicing sin with no conviction, you're not saved. You're not born again. You don't have no conviction. When you do something wrong, say something wrong, treat people bad, and you start to feel remorseful about it, that's that seal of the Holy Spirit telling you, you know you're wrong, go and apologize. That's the seal. But to be filled with the Holy Spirit, 
Now, mind you, if you are not saved, you will not be filled with the Holy Spirit. So for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to already be sealed. You have to already have believed. They are two different things. Okay. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a free gift and it is for you and your children and for all who are afar off including the Gentiles, meaning the non-Jews, as many as the Lord our God will call. Okay, I just backed up what I have to say about the miracles today. They have not stopped. They did not die with the last apostle. It's written right here. The Holy Spirit is a free gift. The seal is not being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's just you are saved. Now, there's some good news. You don't have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be saved. You just will be a powerless Christian. That's all. But to operate in the gifts, you have to remember when, when before Jesus ascended on high, he told them, don't y'all go out. Don't y'all leave and go and start preaching until the gift of the Holy Spirit comes. That's when they all went to the upper room. And on the day of Pentecost, there was a rushing mighty wind like fire. That was the Holy Spirit falling upon them. It doesn't come like that today. It'll come with you. It came upon me while I was by myself at home. I began to speak with other tongues. Let me tell you something. Speaking with other tongues is the only evidence that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the only evidence recorded in this Bible. You can't make up nothing else. You can't add to it or take away from it. That's the only proof that you have been filled. But to be sealed, you have a change of heart. You have a different outlook on life. You look at people differently. You see the humanity in everybody. You don't agree with evil. No, you don't agree with sinful people, but you pray for them. You you, you have a heart for them and you pray for their healing and deliverance and you begin to care. Remember before when you didn't want to give nobody anything on the streets who was asking you for change and you know, I ain't giving you no money so you can go drink it up. Baby, let me tell you something. Honey, when you are sealed with that Holy Spirit, I ain't talking about filled, sealed, and you have a change of heart, honey, you will be digging in that pocket, talking about here, sir, here, ma'am, and you will have a heart for that person, and 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 tears will start to to fill up in your eyes. It has happened to me. You start to see the humanity in everybody. Everyone has a backstory. Everyone. You know good and well those people weren't born on the streets and raised on the streets. I'm always wondering, how did they get there? But guess what? I may not have silver and gold all the time, but what I do have for you is Jesus. Hallelujah. Who can deliver you from being homeless? He can make sure you have shelter. He can make sure you have food and clothes on your back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, saints, I hope y'all got something from that. Yes, I needed to explain that. Now, let's go to our final hero of faith. Now, who is this hero? Um, I'm back in the new King James version. Go to Romans chapter four, Romans chapter four, pause the tape saints. And I will begin reading at verse one. And when you find Romans chapter four, press play and we will be on the same page. Romans chapter four and verse one. And I am commencing to reading. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, 
but not before God. Verse three says, for what does the scripture say? It says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted. It was added to his account to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, talking about believing on God, his faith is accounted for righteousness as well. And finally, verse six says, just as David also describes the, the blessedness of the man whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Verse seven, let me uh, finish verse seven and eight. Verse seven says, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Verse eight says, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Now, what is this talking about before we go to the final scriptures in Genesis? You can head over there while I talk about what we just read. Head on over there to Genesis chapter 22, because we are going to find out why Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Why? So Romans talks about it wasn't the works that Abraham did. It was the fact that Abraham believed God, that Abraham became the father of faith. He is the ultimate hero of faith. Uh-huh. So what, what Paul is explaining to the Romans is your works means nothing to God. Verse four says, now to whom, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. You can't work to be saved. That's what the apostle Paul is saying. Mind you, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. You can't work to be saved. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you do. I will use this as an example till I die. Mother Teresa was the biggest giver that anyone I have ever read about or known of. But if she didn't know Jesus, Mother Teresa is in hell. Your works can't save you. That is the best example that I can give right here. So what um, uh, the apostle John is saying here is that y'all know about father Abraham, but it wasn't his works that God looked at and that God uh, accounted as righteousness on Abraham's behalf. It was the fact that Abraham believed God. So what did Abraham believe? You need to trot on over there to Genesis chapter 22. I hope you guys are there because I wasn't when I made that statement, but I am here now. Now I have switched to the CSB, the Christian standard Bible. I will be reading Genesis uh, chapter 20, 22, the entire chapter. Now, why did God account put on Abraham's account as righteousness? Because Abraham believed God. Why? Why? See, Abraham is the father of faith and we're getting ready to read the ultimate faith that surpasses all human understanding. Beginning at verse one, after the, after these things, God tested, which means approved Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am. Abraham said, take your son. He said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Right here, I got to be careful. I want to walk you step by step. Right here, 
God spoke to Abraham and told him to take his son, Isaac, go up to Mount Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering to him. But you notice God says, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, your only son. That wasn't Abraham's only son. Ishmael was Abraham's first son, but he was not the son of promise. Isaac was. I could have said something right there, but the Lord just stopped me. Okay. Uh, verse three says, so Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took with him two of his young men and his son, Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. Verse four, so that we are on the same page. I'm reading verse four now. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. I want you guys right here in verse five to highlight the boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. But keep in mind, God told Abraham in the first few verses to go and offer up his son Isaac as a burnt offering. So in other words, Abraham was going up to Mount Moriah to kill his son to offer him as a sacrifice to God. Okay. Verse six says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife and the two of them walked on together. Verse seven says, then Isaac spoke to his father, Abraham and said, my father, and Abraham replied, here I am, my son. Isaac said, the fire and the water here, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Little, little Isaac, little Isaac said, I know we going up for the burnt offering. He's used to it. His, his father was teaching him how to uh, offer up uh, burnt offerings to the Lord. So, you know, he wanted to know what a sacrifice was. Little smart, little lamb. And uh, verse eight says, Abraham answered, God himself my God, my God, circle verse eight. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. Now you look at verse, verse five and look at verse eight. Verse nine says, when they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. And verse 10 says, then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. Verse 11, my Lord says, but the angel of the Lord. Now, remember, God told Abraham to go to Mount Moriah. Now the angel of the Lord is speaking. The angel of the Lord, saints, is Jesus. Let me confirm it. Let's keep reading. It's Jesus. The angel of the Lord called to him, him who? Abraham, from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, here I am. It's Abraham, here I am. Verse 12 says, then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. Did you hear that? 
Did you hear this? This is in your Bible. Doesn't matter the version I'm reading. Did I, I, I need to read this again, saying, see, I'm getting full now because, see, I, I, I'm so connected with God. I, I feel this thing here. You got to know who Jesus is. Abraham believed on the Lord Jesus back then, thousands of years before the Messiah even came to earth. That's why when the Apostle Paul was sharing the gospel with some of these Romans, he brought up Abraham and that he believed God. What did he believe? He believed on the coming of the substitutionary atonement for our sins. He believed on it back then. Those who believed on the coming of the Messiah before he even came were saved by God back then. That's where the many mansions are in John chapter 14. In my father's house, there are many mansions. The mansions contain the saints of old who believed on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ before he even came. And I'm not finished. Let me read it again. Let me start at verse 11 because you guys need to get this. Share this message with as many people as you can so that they can get this message about Jesus. But the angel of the Lord, who was Jesus himself talking to Abraham, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that it's the angel of the Lord. I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. Who was this talking to Abraham from me? It was God who told Abraham to get up and go take his son to, to, to Mount Moriah. And now it's saying the angel of the Lord, the scholars. And, and so do I, I consider myself a, a scholar as well. I have all the study material. We all know when the Bible speaks of the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, we're talking about Jesus. That's the Logos of God, God in eternity. He's the word of God. Hallelujah. He says, since you have not withheld your only son from me, but this is supposed to be the angel of the Lord talking. So how do we go from God to the angel of the Lord? The sacrifice was supposed to be made to God. Remember, God spoke to Abraham in the beginning of, of, of chapter 22 to offer up a burnt offering to me. Here we are, the latter part of 12. God, he says, Jesus talking to Abraham, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. And verse 18, uh, 13 says, Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket, which means the bushes, by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. We just read a picture of the substitutionary atonement that God was going to make for all mankind for the forgiveness of their sins by sacrificing his only son. And Abraham believed God. He knew it because remember, he told his son Isaac, God is going to offer up uh, a sacrifice, the burnt offering. How did Abraham know that? Because he believed it. He believed it. And he almost slain his son. And let me tell you something. Abraham would have gone through with it had the angel of the Lord, the Lord himself, not intervened and stopped him. You know why? Because Abraham also believed in the resurrection. That came thousands of years after this. He believed that God would raise his son up in the resurrection anyway. 
Abraham was saved and became the father of many nations and became the father and hero of faith because he believed God. Now, this is the ultimate. This is the ultimate representation or example of a faith that surpasses all understanding. Now, let's close this out, saints. Let me uh, read 13 and close out. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Hallelujah. Verse 14, and Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. So today it is said it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Mount Calvary is where Jesus was sacrificed. God allowed Abraham to foresee that he was going to send his only son, Jesus, as the sacrificial lamb, the substitutionary sacrifice for the forgiveness of all men for those that believe on him. Verse 15 says, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn. This is the Lord's declaration because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son. I will indeed bless you and make your offering as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. We can't count that. Your offspring will, po will possess the city gates of their enemies. Verse 18 says, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. And finally, verse 19 says, Abraham went back to his young men and they got up and went together to Beersheba and Abraham settled in Beersheba. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. This is a faith that surpasses all understanding saints. Abraham believed God. And if you believe God on uh, the coming of the Messiah the second time, just like Abraham believed that God would provide, he told his son Isaac while they were on their way to Mount Moriah, God will provide the sacrifice. Abraham believed God. But look, even though God may have been taking a few seconds longer than Abraham wanted, he was still getting ready to sacrifice his child because he still trusted in the coming of the Messiah and that his son Isaac would, will be or would have been resurrected anyway. That's a faith that surpasses all understanding. Saints, look, I hope you have been blessed by this message. Walk in love. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Play this episode, episode 10. This is the final episode of a faith that surpasses all understanding. Play this for family members and friends. Let them know who Jesus is. If they have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Listen at the end of this episode for contact information. I will answer you personally. And look, walk in love. Keep Christ first in your life. Make sure he's the foundation. And remember Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Saints, believe on the Lord Jesus. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App. 
dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That's dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase a m a l e capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.